0: Screw it, screw
1: it. We're just talk about comics. Hello, and welcome to Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics, which refers to comic books. Everybody, uh, this is the podcast where two brothers talk about comic books that they love. I am one of those two brothers. My name is Will Hines.
0: And the other brother, my name is Kevin Hines. And just for the record, I'm the younger brother. Wow, you only really rubbed my face in it.
1: <laughs> well, so I'm shorter. Knows. What do you think of that?
0: I mean, I'm not going to argue with it.
1: Um, Kevin and I are super hilarious comedians, um, insanely creative artists, paragons mm-hmm. of virtue, colossus of men, and um, improv teachers. And we one of these
0: days we'll release one of the many movies we've starred in. Oh yeah, but uh, for now those are just for us.
1: We have self financed many <laughs> big budget movies that we've started right. and. On our own uh, volition, we have kept them shelved.
0: Yeah. People demand them. The studios want them.
1: They're like, these are hits.
0: Yeah, You're killing us. Um, we got to release these. I'd say most of them are comedies. Uh, There's a couple big action ones we've done. Mm -hmm. Mission Possible. Yeah. (laughs) Mission Very Possible. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah, it's a great action. It's a great action movie.
1: We do very subtle comedies. Like, you guys know how Jim Carrey did that comedy called Liar, Liar? where there's a lawyer who normally lies all the time and all of a sudden he has to tell the truth. Yeah, we did a really like that subtle that take on that, which was called lawyer um, gives clues to what he's lying about. Like he's still basically a lying lawyer, but he gives little yeah. hints. A, ge- yeah. a genie curses, a genie, not a gypsy, a genie curses him yeah. that he has to give little hints as to what he's lying about.
0: Yeah, that's one of the ones we haven't released because uh, we're in a lawsuit about that one. Yeah. We basically just took the Liar Liar script and just modified it more to our vibe.
1: Yeah, we just sort of, just some dialogue tweaks.
0: We also renamed the main character Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. I thought and that made it more people,
1: clear what was going on.
0: It seemed more obvious. It seemed confusing when you watch Liar Liar and they don't call him Jim Carrey. And then you watch ours and us playing the part of Jim Carrey call ourselves. Yeah. And we, we, we both play what is it, the we, same part. We play one
1: part. Two guys, one yeah. part. That's not addressed. <laughs> uh, I think it's great. Anyway, anyway um, they're begging us to if, release it.
0: <laughs> yeah, the studios want us to release it. Jim Carrey's not; it doesn't want us to. Uh, we're not interested we either. Simp- That's just for we us. have
1: simpler movies too. There's one where Kevin and I just do somersaults for two hours.
0: Yeah, not well.
1: Oh no, badly.
0: I get tired of yeah. a lot of it. Yeah, because I mean, it was a continuous shot like 1917. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so early on, we get winded.
1: <laughs> yeah, I take a nap in the
0: middle. Yeah. <laughs> They're begging us to release you, it. They're begging us to release it. They're begging us. It would be a huge hit. <laughs> it would be a tentpole. I think they refer to it like that's a tentpole movie. Yeah, you're hurting that's Hollywood. That's when they schedule, what they and then they they're like, we want to figure out when we're releasing the Marvel movies around your movies.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm like, I don't want you to go to that bother. Just release the Marvel
1: movies. Don't worry about us. We tell them. Yeah. Anyway, comic books. We're doing Justice League Europe right now. We're we're in the middle yeah. of doing Justice League International. And right now we're on Justice League Europe. This episode is issue four of Justice League mm-hmm. Europe, which came out like, I don't remember, 1989, 1990,
0: around then. Uh, cover date July 1989. Okay. so And um, we're just
1: really having a great old time and we like these issues. Kevin, your take? Yeah,
0: yeah they're good. This is a really fun one, I think. Um, it's still funny, but uh, it's also... Uh, Yeah, they, they succeed. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) This is the first issue I think where we've seen the justice league actually do something.
1: Yeah. They start fighting and like using their powers as a group and win.
0: We've seen them use their powers in like then off stage or off screen or off panel. Somebody shakes somebody's hand and the, and the whole thing ends. That
1: happens a little bit here too. Does it? Uh, Well, I guess we'll get to it and we'll decide.
0: Yeah. All right. I think they succeed here.
1: Okay, there's still some weird... A lot of stuff goes down off-panel that's kind of funny to me.
0: Okay. I will point it out Um, when it happens. Sure, okay. Uh, The main threat in this issue is Queen Bee. We skipped over the issue where she sort of made her debut. She sort of usurped Colonel Ruman, who's sort of an ineffectual, um, lying, smarmy leader, and she's actually competent. Yeah. seems to have some sort of mind-control powers.
1: Right. Ruman was the almost a comic relief. Like he was such an obvious liar and sleazy bad guy, leader of third world country, Bialya, which is near the Soviet Union, um, that he was almost funny. But at some point he's dead and she replaces him.
0: Yeah. Uh, He 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 was murdered by Queen Bee and she's taken control of the country. Um, I don't believe she's related to him. I don't know how she just got control, but she did. She doesn't look Um, very
1: like Soviet state in her aesthetic style.
0: No. Um, but she also like when, uh, Bialya shows up in animated DC works like young justice, she's always the leader. Oh, interesting. Cause she's the competent one. She's the one that would actually be a threat. Yeah. Um, so
1: I like how when you, when they, at one point when people are landing at an airport, it's the Ruman whatever Memorial airport, like they named the airport uh, after him.
0: Yeah, <laughs> He's a beloved leader. <laughs> Until he was murdered by a a zombified Windy Ninja.
1: Um, What do you think of this cover? I think it's pretty
0: great. It's great. Um, I I mixed on dialogue on covers in general. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, So the dialogue doesn't do anything for me. But it's a great shot. Like the entire Justice League defeated in the sewers. Uh, Rocket Red's like tied up in cables. Half of them are submerged in water. And Queen Bee sort of just stepping over them. Smoking a super long cigarette. Classic evil woman
1: cigarette. The name is Queen Bee Boys, and I always get my men. This is gonna be a real good, like femme fatale uh character. Yeah. I'm gonna say something boring. The lettering on the cover here, the name is Queen Bee, but this is very DC comics to me. I feel like that type of lettering, the kind of like big hand letter I mean of the time. Um mm-hmm. big hand lettered. I feel like I can picture this on old Neil Adams. Batman comics and Denny O'Neill Green Arrow comics. There's always this kind of big, like bigger than Marvel. Um, I wonder if they just had a house guy in DC. It was like, all right, stand another cover for you to letter.
0: Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I've, I've, I'm. I i i am i do not know anything about the lettering. Somebody look into it. Um, it's a. Uh, uh, it's all computer lettering now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and comics go through a long stretch where they sort of all look the same and boring. And now. They've gotten way better at it. And a lot of letterings ha- evokes the feel of hand lettering. Uh, I'd say except for sometimes sp- sound effects, sound effects still can look static or signs in the background can look static. I still wish that was all sort of hand drawn and some artists do that. I remember at this era of
1: comics, X-Men had their own letterer and they had like kind of a unique lettering style. Like that guy did like that all small capital letter. It's like Tom
0: Olslowski or
1: something like that.
0: Yeah, he's still working, I think. And um, uh,
1: I feel like I just associated that lettering style with X-Men alone.
0: Well, it's just sort of like also Thor comics, like uh, Walt Simonson did a lot of his sound effects, and then when I think even when he didn't, um, they were doing his style.
1: Um, yes, I remember that. Uh, I'm trying to look up what this guy's name was, and I, so I, I Googled. 1980s X-Men letterer, and nothing's coming up. <laughs> I thought there'd be like a million uh, links to this guy.
0: He's pretty big. A Marvel letterer. Tom Al. Ozrakowski. Tom, no, Orzakowski. Tom
1: Orzakowski. That's his name. Yeah. This guy was Pop's a champ.
0: Right I put Orz and I got him. Gosh, um, you're smart. You're good. The letterer behind the X-Men. Um, I'll, send you the, I'll send you the link. Do uh, you want me to read this article to myself right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, read it to yourself. I'll do some mm-hmm.
1: somersaults. Um, all right, that's our cover. Let's get into the splash page. The title here is Bialia Burning.
0: Yeah, Queen Bee is sort of lounging on a couch. Again, femme fatale style. Uh, we see jack-o'-lantern barely seen in like a mirror reflection. It's a well-staged shot. Bart Sears, I think, stages his shots really uh, uniquely.
1: Yeah, this is she's got that kind of like exotic... Evil woman from like a film noir movie style, you know, like long cigarettes, fishnet stockings, drinking cocktails from some vague exotic glass, lounging on a day bed, just sort of cocky and confident and in no hurry and wearing what I think is a $5,000 dress.
0: Yeah. Fishnet stockings, too. Um, Yeah. uh, Just like she's dressed on the cover. So that's an accurate, accurate portrayal of the issue so far.
1: She's lounging in this very confident position and she's saying, so now they know the truth. Now they know that the queen bee is behind their recent troubles. A lot of like third person references to themselves in the first couple pages to like let you know what the character names are.
0: Yeah. Superhero names are sort of forced in also because a lot of the Justice League are in uh, their civilian clothes and they need to let you know who they are. If we
1: were doing that, we'd have to be like, Will Hines likes the lettering on this cover or something like (laughs) that.
0: Um, which people might find useful. They don't know who is who by the time we get three minutes into this podcast, we
1: sound the same and have almost the same opinions.
0: And sometimes we switch parts.
1: Oh yeah. That's, we don't let people know when we do that.
0: Um, all, another thing about Bialya is it's been a threat in these justice league comics since early in the other title in the justice league international title. Mm-hmm. They, uh, were a home to the alternate dimension um, Avengers characters who sort of showed up to try to re, re, uh, remove nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. As I said, they uh, when they, they killed Ruman, it was with a uh, Wangina zombie. And that was also during a sequence where Blue Beetle and Booster Gold got um, Manchurian candidated by the Queen Bee. So they showed up in Justice League and tried to kill everyone. right? Um, because of mind control. So Bely has been a thorn in the Justice League's side for a while. And there's also backup stories about them sort of taking ownership of the global guardians and all those threats have sort of moved over here to Justice League Europe. Um, and so it, to me, this is very satisfying if you've been reading both titles as it's a payoff to something that's been brewing since, you know, for three years. Yeah. Uh, for people listening to this podcast, we've jumped around a lot, so it hasn't been so long, but it's been a long a long um, buildup to the Justice League being able to say, all right, we know Bialyo's is behind this now. We have, we have proof. Um, it's weird. I guess it's just
1: convenient to have sort of as a supporting character a Soviet third world sort of country. This is the late 80s when like the Soviet unions in the news all the time and like U.S. versus Russia stuff that like dominates the zeitgeist. So I guess it's useful just to have sort of a stand-in for like Cold War stuff.
0: It's probably also useful for a team this is more about the initial the original roster of of non powerhouses like they're not going to be fighting uh, alien invasions very easily without Superman's help but this is something that their power set can work better towards. Mm. So page 2 we
1: see uh Jack O'Lantern who's kind of the other bad guy of this issue. Who is like part of the global guardians and is just clearly under queen Bee's mind control. She's forcing him to be like in love with her.
0: Yeah. Um, overtly. So like at first it just seems like, Oh, he, cause he's sort of talking to her, like he likes her, like mm-hmm. they're in a relationship and then she sort of tells him not to do that. Um, and we, and we quickly find out that he he can't help but love her.
1: Yeah. Um, he says it at the bottom of page. I think it's three. Yes. Um, I, uh, he's like, look, uh, it'd be my pleasure to personally tear him to pieces. Talking about Captain Adam, you know i do anything for you. I know no matter how degrading you love me that much, Jack. And he goes, I don't have any choice.
0: <laughs> yeah. She goes, no, of course you don't.
1: Yeah. It doesn't bother her at all that this is artificial. She's
0: happy. Uh, Bialy has got kind of a Wakanda feel to it too. with skyscrapers and sort of neo-futuristic. Yeah. She goes out in her balcony. So we get a look at it. It does look sort of
1: weirdly Buck Rogers. Yeah. Or Wakanda. Yeah. Like just kind of futuristic technology.
0: Yeah. Um, which I don't think is supposed to be the case. uh, I think it is a well-off tiny country in the Soviet bloc. but, uh, it's
1: got oil money or something, right?
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: Uh, So then we cut to a sequence where the Justice League is coming into Bialia undercover. Like basically they're civilian identities. And so they kind of just look like a bunch of sexy moms and dads.
0: Yeah, we see uh, Power Girl and Animal Man show up as a couple. Um, I wasn't sure it was Animal Man because the coloring of... Uh, Wally West's hair and Ralph Dibney's hair and Animal Man's hair seems to change a lot, at least in this rep- this trade paperback we're reading from. <laughs> they all and look kind of like, similar
1: oh. in their civilian identity. Maybe somebody can't keep them apart.
0: Yeah, so I was kind of glad when she refers to him as Animal Man at some point, even though he then says, don't use our code names.
1: Power Girl's got um, a huge volume of hair. Um, sure. Like there's her face and then there's the same vertical amount of hair above the
0: face. I mean, everyone has so much hair in a, this Bart Sears comic. Uh, I mean, Animal Man, is not like he's got a, a crew cut No, going he's got on. a
1: lot of hair, too. He's flowing. And, uh, it. Maybe it's because I'm bald I noticed this.
0: And Catherine, uh, the liaison, the French liaison, has hair that just, like, will extend oh, yeah. off panel. And Captain Adam has this long-haired mullet, and it's just this is hair like, everywhere. You've got
1: to get him drawn a Medusa comic over in the Marvel Universe. He'd have a field day.
0: I just, I mean, I think what you're saying is we also just need some thinning haired superheroes on this team just to help us relate to them. That's what, that's why you connected with the guy next to the water cooler and the Max I did. Laura I was so trailer. happy
1: to see just like a bald, schlumpy dude. I was like, what's this guy's story?
0: Because even in the crowd shots here at this airport, I mean, there's one guy with gray hair, but it's a full head of gray hair.
1: It seems uh, I mean, just, it's, it's a choice that Sears makes. He's like, if I'm drawing a lot of people, they're going to have hair. Yeah. Um, so it the, looks great. The Justice League settles into a hotel room. It's Power Girl, Animal Man. And then the Flash shows up in full costume and they're basically talking about, and we'll get to the Flash's jokes in a second, but they're basically talking about how they're going to infiltrate Queen Bee because they found out that she's behind some nefariousness.
0: Yeah, she's sent, uh, uh, she's discrediting JLE. She sent, um, global guardians to fight them and get defeated. She, they. She caused it to look like the JLE blew up the dome and she's created mobs to attack them, um... Yeah, her job, so, yeah,
1: she, her revenge against the Justice League in general is to discredit the JLE wing.
0: Yeah. Basically, like, you can't expand into Europe. This is my territory, um, at least initially. So Flash shows up here in the hotel room in full costume
1: because he can just zip on right in. He doesn't need to sneak in civilian identity and immediately begins making, like, sexual remarks to Power Girl because that's kind of his thing.
0: Yeah. Hitting on every woman uh,
1: in sight is his thing.
0: Yeah, uh, he is um, sort of uh, an ugly character in this comic, Wally.
1: It's aged badly. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, pre- it's presented as, as it's supposed to be sort of like harmlessly being obnoxious, right? That's the tone. He's yeah. not supposed to be this like threatening, harassing. We're not supposed to see him that way.
0: But I think I even remember at the time reading this and feeling like it was too much. <laughs> you were uh, like because five. I was right? How old were you? 89, uh, I was 14. I know, I'm only like kidding. But it wasn't, I was, it wasn't too long before I started reading the, um, Wally West flash comics that were going on at the same time. And those comics, uh, he was also immature in those comics, but way less, Yeah, just way less. Um, so he would like, you know, date around a lot and be sort of immature, but he just wasn't such a, um, I don't know, uh, just such a jerk about it
1: (laughs) yeah uh even for the weird standards of the 80s he's kind of veering into bully territory at least for a superhero uh we cut to metamorpho who has ridden in the plane as mercury so instead of getting a seat his way of sneaking into the country is to remain in states of gas and liquid
0: yeah uh reading this issue it just makes me love metamorpho even more
1: because his powers are so useful. I mean, basically, he's the just, best spy in the world. He can become a colorless, odorless gas and just float into a place.
0: He's visually cool. Uh, uh, he, it's sort of like weirdly like um, across. But it feels like Ditko and Kirby would have gotten together to create a character that looked like this.
1: Well, there's all the like gases and liquids, which is very Ditko, like the flowy fluidiness.
0: Right, but he's this blocky character with like very distinct textures on his body that's very Kirby like.
1: And there's also just something kind of goofy about his powers like which is sort of like part of a Kirby like Kirby yeah. rarely does something that's a hundred percent slick and cool. There's always something a little sort of off in a way that makes them interesting and Metamorpho has that.
0: Yeah. So I just I sort of just like his weird unique powers that just like are sort of hard to define. I mean they're easy to explain but hard to define like how you'd use them.
1: Mm-hmm. I feel like there was more of these like science heroes in the DC universe, like the Atom was like a scientist, and mm. you got Metamorpho. Uh, I feel like when it, we we would read those like DC collections in the seventies, there'd be more sciencey explanation of what was going on. Even Batman well, was kind of more into like chemistry and forensics and stuff.
0: I mean, that, they're also just filled with. Uh, Older, more mature characters too. So you have like uh, Carter Hall, Hawkman's like an archaeologist, and just yeah, they've got full fledged careers. The Metal Men—that's DC,
1: also, right? And the, yeah. there's a lot of like element based stuff. Like you sort of have to be good at chemistry to get the <laughs> powers of a lot of these guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, he's floating around. He makes an observation that Bialia is like a police state. There's cameras everywhere, thanks to Queen Bee. He makes a reference to um, the prisoner,
0: the village. Um, the vill- oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, the Prisoner of the Show, but the Village, and he doesn't say the prison, the prisoner, right? He just no, says, it's kind
1: of a tough reference. He says, "Nice city, if you like
0: living in quote the Village,"
1: but I never was a big Patrick McGowan fan. McGowan, the actor who starred in The Prisoner, which had the Village, which is like you better be deep into The Prisoner to get that reference.
0: And also, like that show didn't air in America, right? It was maybe on uh, no, definitely on not PBS. Yeah, it was like hard to find, especially at this time. I mean, you I had now. never heard of it. I had never heard of it at this time. I heard about it much later on and then it took me even longer to see it.
1: It's probably, who knows? Maybe they start making black adder jokes and red dwarf, (laughs) just all these like deep cut BBC things. Um, I better not be like the scarf Tom Baker wears in season four at doctor who.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Everyone laughs. Everyone laughs.
1: Oh, Keith Giffen, you get our readers. Yeah. Um, so Metamorpho is having no problem sneaking into Queen Bee's uh, headquarters. Uh, no, he's he's not. He's catching up with the other rest of the Justice League in their hotel is where he's going. Well, oh, no, no, we, yeah, he's going he, into no, Queen Bee.
0: We don't know where he's going at this time. He's just floating in the air, but we find out he's going into Queen Bee's headquarters. But first we cut to the uh, JLE embassy where John Jones, Martian Manhunter, leader of the Justice League America branch, is yelling at Captain Atom.
1: Yeah, the it's like the theme here of these early JLE issues that is Captain Adam suitable for leadership? Even though we really never see him do anything wrong, everybody is constantly doubting him and sort of just calling him incompetent. And John Jones is yelling at him.
0: Yeah, he's mad that Captain Adam is invading another country. Um, that's you know, it's a, it is a big step, and I, I think he is right to be nervous about it. But Captain Adam is also right to be like, we got to do something about these people. And I am supposed to be in charge of this team. You told me I was in charge and could do what I wanted. Yeah. So, like, they're kind of all right. Um, And Oberon makes a reference to something from the Captain Adams regular series that Captain Adam uh, was spying on the Justice League. He had been initially placed on the team as a spy.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah. So why should they even trust him? But we know through Justice League comics that this is a good guy doing good things, right? That's and even
0: in his own comic, he was a good guy. That was like one bad thing he was sort of manipulated into doing. Um, an elongated man is here in the
1: headquarters, Rocket Red, because we don't see them otherwise. In this right. issue, uh,
0: some of the only some of the characters go to Bialya. Some of them stay back. They split the team into two. Um, yeah, and they're sort of. They're starting to rally behind Captain Adam. They don't like that he's being yelled at. Uh, we also get some more of Dimitri's American speak. Yeah. His barf is worth, worse than his bite.
1: It's always a good joke. Keep doing it, Giffen. or, Jay. or don't goes, trust me, chicky baby. <laughs> chicky baby's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then we cut to the Queen Bee's headquarters, and she is bossing around Jack O'Lantern. Mm-hmm. Um, and
0: we see a gas enter the room.
1: Just metamorpho. And so like has thoughts and can listen. Hey, and I got questions. What's the biology here? He's, he doesn't have any ear currently, but the gas can hear mm-hmm. and has thoughts. I mean, yeah. Yeah, he can. All right, I guess so. Um, <laughs> owl woman who we saw last issue is in some weird glass sphere and is being treated with chemicals. And they make yeah, her- reference to like the doctor who has been doing all this stuff like boosting their powers and boosting her mind control. And now they're trying to boost owl woman.
0: Right, and that's how jack o was able to hold his own last issue against Power Girl, Flash, and Elongated Man.
1: Yeah, jack o a character so unpowerful I'd never heard of him, held his own yeah. against people who are as powerful as Superman. And um, and now we see why. We see the Doctor, and the Doctor is creepy looking.
0: Yeah, he has an alien race called the Dominators, which... Uh, I've never heard of. Were, ...were the main villain in the Invasion miniseries that preceded... Uh, this team's creation. Okay. The Dominators were like this sort of. They got all the other alien races to band together and attack Earth right. during the invasion storyline. Um, I think they might be from Legion of Superheroes initially, but I think they were introduced into current time DC in the invasion timeline and in the invasion miniseries that Keith Giffen wrote. And yeah, right. they look very evil.
1: Yeah. They got like, he's he's got like Pennywise teeth, kind of like some crazy teeth. Um, and, uh, he just looks like a Stephen King monster,
0: but they are definitely a villain that, you know, this is a race that invaded our planet. Everyone knows these guys are bad guys. These are not like secret alien spies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, This is like, mm -hmm. you know, if this person shows up, it's bad news. Um, metamorphose spots him right away.
1: Oh my gosh, it's a dominator. So that's news that uh queen bee is working with the dominator.
0: And you can see he's got a little gas face. Well, in that panel.
1: Yes. When he's a gas, there's like an, he's got like a face drawn in and he looks surprised. Yeah.
0: So that's how he can hear and see things with his little gas face. Yep. Does that answer all your questions?
1: Yeah, I guess. Yeah. He can just manifest face and parts of him or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got kind of like that plastic man situation where it's like, don't worry about how this works. Just, Plus, to make can fit inside a bottle or be as big as a parachute, and in all cases, he can hear and think and see fine.
0: I mean, I get bored of too much explanation on that stuff. I know, I know. You're right, you're right. Because uh, it slows everything down.
1: So then um, So then we cut back to the hotel room where now Power Girl and Animal Man are in their costumes, and Metamorpho shows up to report on what he learned from Queen Bee, which is that he's got a way to defeat her, he thinks.
0: He thinks they they, they can handle this. Yeah. His plan, it, it turns out to be not much. His plan
1: is like, let's just go take him.
0: Yeah, but uh, he's confident in their abilities, which he should be. He's got Power Girl with him. Right. That alone is enough. And then you got Flash. That's great. He's got himself. He's very powerful. And Animal Man's there to like carry their luggage, uh, moral support, cheerleading. Very useful. Um... Uh.
1: So, yeah, they're go- this is going to be great. Everything's
0: going to work out. Um, yeah. So we cut back to the J-A-L-A, JLI, uh, Justice League International, New York. Yeah. Where Maxwell Lord and John Jones and Oberon are discussing whether what they think about what uh, Captain Adam is doing. This sort of is an unnecessary thing. It just kind of shows how packed this issue is that fit so much stuff in that they have room to kind of go to max lord and john jones discussing what's going on that we just read
1: yeah i wonder why they felt it necessary and was jli just so big that we need to kind of feature them because it like helps the jle comic to see the hugely popular character of oberon and maxwell lord
0: yeah uh i don't know i mean i who knows? Since the way this comic is written is so strange from like a plotting, dialoguing standpoint, that maybe Keith Giffen meant for J. Lee to be in bigger trouble when this is all done, which doesn't really play out. Yeah. Um so maybe that it was something being built up here cuz Max Lord basically is like, "We're going to trust him. I think I, I have faith in this guy." Max Lord, f- former villain, <laughs> former villain and not a great
1: dude from everything we know about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and future villain. My and f- future villain.
0: Future enormous villain. He becomes an even worse villain in the future. This is his peak <laughs> where <laughs> he's just m- m- manipulating people and has taken charge of a team that he has no right to be in charge of. But Oberon trusts him. Oberon trusts Max and Max trusts Captain Adam. That's how these problems happen. <laughs> It's a chain uh, of just like trusting the wrong person. So then we get into the action. We cutting out a Queen
1: Bee's headquarters. She's telling jack-o'-lantern how Owl Woman is being boosted by the Dominator, and then the JLE are now infiltrating by going through the sewers underneath.
0: Right, uh, and this l- is like now we're getting is... into
1: the meat of the action where the JLE is about to confront uh, uh, Queen Bee and jack-o'-lantern.
0: Right, we see them in the uh, uh, sewers, and then all of a sudden, Animal Man points at a camera, a pretty big camera, on the yeah. sewers. Pretty Huge big, camera. obvious
1: camera. This is like one of these old like VCR cameras you can hoist on your shoulder.
0: And this seems like this was all of Metamorpho's entire plan. It's like, we can just go in through the sewers. <laughs> but he didn't check it, is what revealed in dialogue. He goes, who wires the sewers? <laughs> so he didn't go in. He didn't uh, do any recon work. <laughs> he just basically guessed. So now we have super boosted
1: Jack O'Lanard, uh confronting the jailie and we get into a cool fight. Yeah, and I think this is...
0: A great place to take a break, Will
1: Heinz. Let's do it. We'll take a break and we will be right.
0: Reach out and tell us anything, honestly, and we might talk about it on a future episode of this podcast. Thanks for listening to Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics from Campfire Media.
1: I don't know if the listeners are interested to hear this but when we are recording these things we actually do like stop talking for like yeah. the length of the break because it's an easier for me to find when i edit the podcast if there's this like big break of silence i can just sort of find mm. it easily and slap in the transition music you know before i do any yeah. other editing i have to do so we, we actually do like a ca-
0: team of editors so it's just will yeah so
1: we do kind of just like look at each other for like mm. whatever
0: 20 seconds it's pretty funny it's uncomfortable um i don't me. mind i look away. I look away a lot.
1: Oh yeah, it's it's awkward socially, but uh
0: I don't like the human contact of funny. it. It's funny.
1: I find it funny. So um yeah, we get into a pretty good action sequence here.
0: Yeah, uh, Jack Lantern shows up uh and again, he's defeated uh two of the two of the more powerful members of this group pretty easily last time. Uh despite that Animal Man <laughs> doesn't seem to know his name. Animal Man goes, "Oh my god, it's Pumpkin Man. <laughs> the name is Jack
1: Lantern." It's very funny to get somebody's name wrong. Yeah. Um, um He shocks uh, Power Girl pretty intensely, right? Yeah.
0: Which kind of
1: occupies her for a little bit. And that's kind of, you want to take out Power Girl because she's sort of the most powerful member.
0: If you're going to make this combat work, you've got to take out the most powerful member, at least temporarily, because theoretically she could win this whole fight on her own. Yeah. Uh, It sort of seems like sometimes in these issues, like in JLA, John Jones just wins the fight or Captain Adam just wins the fight over here. Uh, and power girl could do the same thing. So taking her out at least for a while helps. Um, so then metamorpho makes it, be, but they, the JLE make quick
1: work of, uh, jack o Like they they, he sort of never is in control here.
0: I mean, at, at least they know his power level now and they knew he'd be here. Yeah. So it makes sense. Um, thank goodness they're prepared. So like, um,
1: you know, power girl requires him to use a lot of his juice just to kind of, temporarily sort of immobilize her. But then Metamorpho makes a big, like, iron fist and punches him. Um, Yeah.
0: Animal Man doesn't do much. He's looking for an animal to tap into for powers, and he just finds a tiny mouse.
1: (laughs) Yeah, who goes, meep. And he goes, yeah, I think you're cute, too. What's happening here in panel four of page 15, Kevin? Like, somebody says, so you block my front. I just blow my way out the rear. Is that Jack-O-Lantern's response? Yeah, he,
0: he blew out the wall behind him.
1: Okay. Uh, but then Flash kind of whips around a little mini tornado and lifts him up in the air. I see. There's sort of like a back and forth here thing. And then jack lantern explodes his lantern. But that kills somebody above on the street?
0: Yes. Um, he kills
1: a Bialian citizen.
0: hmm Sorry. My cat is attacking a bug next to me and it's uh, distracting me.
1: Okay. Louise. Louise, you minx.
0: Daddy long legs, um, and I squished it, and the legs are still moving. That creeps me out. Um, poor thing. The daddy long legs? Yeah. Okay. Or me for being creeped out.
1: Not you. I have no pity for you.
0: Okay. Um, yes, Jekyll O'Lantern explodes, uh, makes a blast that sort of ruptures the sidewalk above him. I think he's trying to escape, um, but he kills somebody by accident. And he's like, uh-oh, Queen Bee's going kind to of have a fit. And while he's worried about that, Power Girl is now back in her senses and, like,
1: conks him and knocks him out, basically. And he releases his little pumpkin bomb, which Animal Man catches. This is going to be his big contribution to the fight, is holding on to the bomb,
0: the the pumpkin Um, bomb thing. Right. And Jack Lantern still seems to have some control over that, but then the flash hits him at supersonic speed or whatever, which should liquidate him. But he survives it.
1: Uh, And there's a running gag of everybody, of Flash doing good things. And then whoever in the league is impressed by him says, wow, I don't know why Ralph Dibney says you're such a tool, basically.
0: Right. We've kind of skipped past the first two times that was said, uh, or at least one time when it was said. But yeah, yeah, here Animal Man goes, that was great. I don't know why Ralph. And Wally just cuts him off. Don't say it. Yeah. Because Ralph's not here to make those jokes. But that is one of the big running gags in the series, so they got to get him in. (laughs) So now Queen
1: Bee is realizing, oh, the JLE are... Have just disposed of jack-o'-lantern. I'm in trouble.
0: Well, she doesn't actually, she thinks she's got it fine. She's got an army of jack-o'-lanterns behind her. Basically a bunch of soldiers holding jack-o'-lantern lanterns. So theoretically just as powerful.
1: Right. So kill them all. She orders her little jack-o'-lantern troops. But bring Jack to me. He has a life to pay for. Doesn't sound kill good. Kill one
0: of the citizens of Bealia. She's a good leader. She's,
1: yeah, she's standing by her people. But uh, before she can do that, Flash is here. He has infiltrated her inner sanctum, and he's just casually
0: leaning against a wall. Yeah, we're one panel after she goes, kill them. And Flash is like, uh, you don't have to come looking for us, Queenie. We're right here. Which is a good, that's a good, tough talk.
1: They're all moment. looking cocky. Like, Flash is leaning against a the wall, then two panels later. Power Girl's
0: lounging against
1: another wall. Yeah, and then, she
0: doesn't wear pants, I guess.
1: Um, yeah, she's got just, a, she's basically wears a bathing suit. Mm-hmm. Um. And then all of the military dudes just fall to the ground because Metamorpho takes them out with his gas power. Yep. And then Animal Man is there with a gun, maybe, pointed at the Dominator?
0: No, <laughs> no he doesn't even have a gun. He just puts his hand on the Dominator's shoulder. Go the ahead and make out by that.
1: What does that mean? I, I'm not really sure, but I've always wanted to say it. It's pretty funny.
0: Yeah, Animal Man doesn't really do a ton in this issue, but he's there and Dominator's he gets to make packing some moves.
1: a gun. He's got a gun.
0: Yeah, the Dominator's holding like a, 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 a cult. 45 or something. So this know. is the
1: part where I say like we kind of miss it like they, they basically checkmate Queen B immediately and so the Dominator's got a gun but then the next page it's over.
0: Yeah, I mean we definitely we cut to the aftermath of this but I guess my point is the Justice League did this. Yeah. In past issues it's been like Metron leaves. Right, right, right. Or the right. computer undoes everything. The fight ends because or, they. Or sh- Oberon shakes Darkseid's hand. Like, <laughs> things are done by people who are not part of the fighting. Right, team. right. I see what you mean. Yeah. So the, uh, they
1: obviously flexed their muscle and Queen Bee gave up.
0: Yes. They were the ones who did this. It wasn't like. I see. They were flying somewhere, didn't get there in time, and it was like, oh, it's already taken care of. It's just a little it weird. It's like,
1: a little weird. Like, Domino's pulling a gun out of his, like, green cloak, and then we just, the fight's over the next page.
0: Yes. But we did have like the gray man get defeated by Dr. Faye just sort of snapping his fingers.
1: Right, 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 right. This was a little bit more Justice League yes. involved than we've seen. That's all I'm saying. So we That's cut to I'm it saying. at night and we see that Queen B basically made a compromise with the JLE so that there would not be an international incident, but she would back off.
0: Yeah, she won't uh she won't bother the Justice League anymore and, and, and they respect uh, she her also won't work
1: with they respect her sovereignty over this nation.
0: And they won't make her look like a corrupt leader, which she is. Which she is. Uh, which they you know, don't really want to do either because it is an international incident. It would be messy. Any way forward for either for them, for the Justice League to win, would be a messy solution. But this at least tells her, like, we can get you at any time, so watch yourself. Um, and she basically has to listen until she can think of some way to keep them from stopping her.
1: We see a little bit more Queen Bee evilness. She murders the Dominator here.
0: Yeah, it's also ref- a reference that she murdered Jack-o'-lantern off panel.
1: Yeah. Jack, quite dead, at, uh, quite dead majesty, as per your orders. Um, yeah, so she's a real evil lady.
0: She's a real Darth Vader type.
1: And um, now we see the JLE flying home. Flash is hitting C- on a flight attendant who has huge hair, just big hair.
0: Yeah, we don't even see her face. It's just hair. Uh, successfully hitting on her, at least.
1: Yeah, she, gave, she gives him her
0: numbers. Yeah. Uh,
1: I mean, he is a superpowered being who's like muscular and hunky. I guess it makes sense that he's attractive. Yeah, he's
0: also a public figure. I don't think his identity is secret, so he could say, I'm Wally West, the Flash. Mm-hmm.
1: Sitting next to Power Girl, um, who is grossed out by his behavior. Metamorphos floating around the vents in gaseous form. That's right. So he manifests his head just to like freak out Kid Flash, which I think that'd be pretty terrifying. It, it
0: would be just a little Metamorpho uh,
1: head manifests in the air,
0: but it does show you how he can hear. Will he can have a little manifesto? <laughs> he can manifest a little Metamorpho gas head.
1: Um, Animal Man, Kid Flash, and Power Girl are leaving the airport in uh, Paris, and after having landed, and they're come and Kid Flash is basically talking crap about Metamorpho
0: that he's like not good looking. <laughs> we keep saying Kid Flash. He's Flash. Sorry. Um, Ralph Dibney has really done a number on us. I know.
1: I'm believing Dibney. Dibney's brainwashing is working on me. Kid Flash, what an adorable guy. And, uh, but he's making fun of Metamorpho. But then this, like, babe girl who is Metamorpho's ex or current girlfriend shows up. Wife. Wife, yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Um, next issue sort of deals with this whole thing. This is uh, Sapphire Stag, Metamorpho's love interest from when he had his own title, a Bob Haney comic. Hmm. Uh, she is the daughter of Simon Stagg, a very evil businessman who has a caveman um, who works for him that's named, uh, oh, what's his name? I'm blanking on his name. Somebody will email me and tell me. Um, but it's like his whole sort of supporting cast. Like basically Metamorphos is like a, a family member of a team, uh, of a group of evil people. Sapphire is not evil, but she's sort of a daddy's girl and will do whatever her dad says. I see. Um, so the next issue sort of uh, deals with that whole The Neanderthal bodyguard plot line. Java. Java, that's it. Yeah, I mean he is actually a Neanderthal that was <laughs> like brought forward, and he uh, Java also in love with Sapphire. I see. Um, and is jealous of Metamorpho um, for getting her, and Metamorpho can't believe he gets her because he's a Element Man. Okay. So yeah, so
1: that's all going to be next issue, which we're going to skip. Uh, And then it closes here on uh, Captain Adam wondering why no one has faith in him. And then the liaison, Catherine, kind of flirts with him.
0: Yeah, she refers to him as uh, my handsome captain. I think you've got everything what it takes. Au contraire, my handsome captain. I think you've got everything it takes for leading this team and much, much more. And then she kind of waltzes
1: out of here with like a 10-inch waist. You know, she's got a sort of voluptuous comic book lady body. You know, mm-hmm. Captain Adam, we've talked about him before. He's got, you know, his shoulders are as broad as a billboard. I mean, this would be a handsome couple.
0: Yes. Um, but you can see Catherine's hair here, right? I think Catherine's hair out-
1: is crazy. This, I mean, Ditko would take 10, 10 days to draw this because <laughs> there's so much hair. <laughs> if Ditko had to draw these characters, he'd be like, I need a month. <laughs> there's like so much hair going on. If I'm going to Ditkoize uh, he- this, I need like rulers. I'm going to need a, you know, T-square. <laughs>
0: It'd be, I mean, I'd love to see a Ditko JLE comic. Me too. This is a good team for him to draw. Oh, man. Me too. I mean, he's already done Captain Adam. Metamorpho's right up his alley, as we've discussed. I think Elongated Man's right up his alley.
1: Elongated Man would constantly just be in puddles and like drape and just glooping over people's faces and stuff.
0: Yeah. Pretty fun. Uh, As Will hinted, we're going to skip next issue, Justice League Europe number five, which basically involves Metamorpho, who has lost his memories, I think prior to these comics because i don't know when that happened it did not happen in the justice league comic uh but he he sapphire finds him because now that he's on like a high profile team his wife sees him yeah and wants to get back together with him we also find out metamorpho has a son so um which becomes like a recurring plot line in this series as well uh so it's an emotional issue for metamorpho that we're we're skipping
1: We're skipping it and we're going to go to issue six, which will be the last issue we do for Justice League Europe. And it'll also be our last issue of this like season. I think we're going to go unbroken right into our next thing.
0: Well, we're going to do sort of a coda with Batman year one. I don't know what season we would call that. It's going to, what season are we in now? Four? Four. So uh, it'll
1: be four A. Okay, great. (laughs) Because we've
0: already done issue one within this season. Yeah.
1: So we're gonna yeah we're gonna kind of go back and finish up year one because we can't resist just because we want yeah. to because we
0: love Batman we, year one. We had so much fun covering issue one that we want to talk about issues two three and four so we're gonna do that uh, after Justice League Europe six mm-hmm. and then uh, we'll either take a go break right into or, Sandman or take a very short break yeah
1: so that's our yeah. plan Justice League Europe number six next episode then two three and four of Batman year one and then some unspecified number of Sandman comics we haven't decided yet.
0: Yeah, we haven't even looked into that yet. We don't have time.
1: We, we have so much going on in our... In our in We're our...
0: still I mean, dealing with this Jim Carrey lawsuit. Is just <laughs> eating up our time. Kept, do we have any um, emails? We don't have any emails. Oh, okay, but, great.
1: We're going to have a shorter uh,
0: episode. No, um, oh. I won't let that happen. Okay. Do you remember uh, do, when we did Fantastic Four, we used to ask each other questions? Yes, I do remember that. We'd be like, oh, this question. And then we sort of dropped it because we couldn't think of questions. Right, right. It was too hard to do, right. <laughs> um, I want to bring that back at least on a uh, semi-recurring basis when we have one. Okay, just to, co-host
1: to... protocol to bring this up whenever.
0: That's right. That's what I'm doing here. So, like, whatever this was, I think we call it, think like, Reed's Invention Corner or something. Uh, I'm doing one of those. Okay. I'm ready. Um, I have two, actually, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do one, and if it's quick, I'll do another one. Okay. What is a TV show or movie that you really like that you think would be adapted would be better as a comic book.
1: That's fun. Because uh,
0: like some movies, like Inception, is a great visual movie, but I don't know if it would make a great comic book. Okay, um, seeing it in motion is sort of important to that movie. And some movies, maybe like Rushmore, which we love, would be sort of a static comic book, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Might be good, but yeah. Uh, um, so, what is something that you think would like uh, work well in a comic book? Style for me. Right, well, I'm, like I'm thinking, like I'm
1: thinking like you can improve on it. Okay, yeah, I'm thinking of like cast of characters who kind of like have abilities that would be just kind of fun to see them like using all their abilities. Um, okay, I have a well, mm, okay, I think the first thing that came to mind is um, Ocean's Eleven would be like an ongoing fun comic book like they're an ensemble they have good personalities the George Clooney Brad Pitt uh incarnation of Oceans 11 like yes yes you know you could just kind of it'd be like you could you could either have a heisty thing happen like once every 15 issues and as they're preparing for the big heist everybody could have their own individual stuff going on I think that would be pretty fun
0: okay good answer yeah um and my second question this is the second one I came up with what's your answer to that I don't have answers for oh, these. I'm just it, asking it, the questions. So if you have to ask me a question if you want an answer. I have a second well. answer for that question then. Okay.
1: I also thought – I just watched this a season of this show called Marcella, which is like a – what they call like a Swedish noir BBC show. There's like this genre of like detective shows in the BBC, which is like – I don't know. This, this It's like a procedural detective show where it's kind of bleak and dramatic and mm-hmm. it's kind of like a cooler, more stylish – um, SVU uh, actually there's, there there is no there is no equivalent of it. It's like it's more like girl with girl with a dragon tattoo. If it were a BBC series, is what Marcella is like a super talented detective and a cast of dramatic characters around her. That'd be a fun comic book.
0: Uh, I mean, my first instinct would be something like Buffy, but that's sort of a cheat because it's almost like it's already a superhero show. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, Stranger Things also jumps to mind, but I think so much of the fun of that show is the mood and the music. Yeah. Um, that I think you'd just lose as a comic book. You wouldn't feel like an 80s film. Yeah. Um, so I think that'd be a bummer to, like, I think it wouldn't be, I think it would be hard to be as good as that TV show as a comic. Yeah. I, I guess basically I'm like, in an alternate reality where, like, Stranger Things had only been a comic. Is that good? Yeah. Uh, would it be really good? Um, or would it just sort of, would it just not work as well? Yeah. I don't think it would work as well. So it's tough. It's tough, yeah. It's tough. I don't know. Uh, I think about that a lot, especially sometimes you read comics, you're like, oh, this is a great comic. This should be a comic. I mean, comic. Black uh, Mirror
1: would be a good like
0: comic. Um, you know, like we talk about that with Watchmen a lot where like, you know, the the, the TV show was pretty good, but like that comic book was perfect, made as to comic. be a comic yeah. book and, and, and any other version of it loses something. Yeah. Um, and it's great when comics feel that way. It's great when a TV show feels like, oh, this would have been worse as a movie. I'm playing like Breaking the, uh, bad as a movie would be uh, bad.
1: I'm playing the uncharted video games right now. Cause I needed like a break after the last of us and mm-hmm. uncharted would be a fun comic. There's like a cast of characters and uncharted would be a fun comic book.
0: Uh, I never read the Indiana Jones, um, Marvel series, but it feels like that would have been a great comic. Yeah. I agree. If you it, if it, like you, if you hadn't been able to like, just do whatever you wanted versus like, you know, you had like a strong creator behind it instead of just sort of like, this is a licensed property.
1: You saw Underwater, right? No. Oh, Brian um, saw Underwater, right? Brian saw that, yeah. Uh, our other brother. Underwater was this kind of like cheesy little horror <laughs> film that came out right before the pandemic started. I saw it in the theater, but I think that'd be kind of a fun comic. It it wasn't set um, up that way, but it, it's it it was a good. Ca- it was like a cast of characters in a submarine going to inve- investigate this supernatural stuff. So I think that'd be sort of uh,
0: my second question is, uh, it's an, another alternate reality. You are writing Justice League America in the same era, but you're given the seven big characters. Okay, but you still tasked with making it basically this humorous comic what personalities do you sort of force on you're you're given carte blanche or they trust you yep they're not worried about like, i'm allowed to play with Superman. The, right,
1: right i'm allowed to play i have liberty with these big characters
0: but you will hines are unable to resist the lure of having a justice league international comic right so i'm out in this era i'm gonna try to get so
1: giffen and dimatty's it
0: yeah, okay. but you're stuck with... You You can't get Blue Beetle. They won't give him to you. <laughs> you're make, like, can I have make... Blue Beetle and Booster Gold? They're like, no. <laughs> you got to take Superman and Wonder Woman <laughs> instead.
1: Okay, that's pretty fun. All right, well, I think I would make... I want to hear your answers on this, too. I think I would make Superman like like a nerd. Um, like, I think, you know, like a Boy Scout. Like a nerdy little Boy Scout trying to do everything right and, like, dismayed mm-hmm. by breaking rules. It would help also, like, mitigate his, like, just powers. Like, you know... He would be mitigated by his own rule-following personality that I would give him. Batman mm-hmm. would be like the Lego Batman, like just... No, no, not like Lego Batman, like um, ba- Batman Beyond Batman, like just super grim. Um, Batman Beyond Bruce Wayne. Batman, yeah, sorry, Batman Beyond Bruce Wayne, like just, you know, ruthless and... And not ruthless, but like, you know what? I would make him like given into Maddie's Batman, like just kind of like growly and like having pr- plans to take everybody out. I- I'm mixing up. I don't know what I would do. I feel like Batman is a pretty well-defined, I would do the comic, yeah. the the funny Batman basically, which is like mm-hmm. Justice League Batman, given into Maddie's Batman. Like relax a little bit. Wonder Woman. Um, let me come back to her. Hal Jordan. Okay. So, I don't know. I can't think. I'm not sure. Can you help me out with any of these? I'm running out of time. Sure. I mean, it's
0: tough. I th- I mean, I'd start with John Jones because I think I'd want him exactly the same as he's in JLA, sort of the den mother. Okay. So that means uh, I want this team to be dysfunctional. Almost like the should, team should almost be like in front of the cameras, they seem super competent and put together, a little bit like the boys. Yeah. Um, everyone thinks these guys are great, but behind scenes, it's just like, ugh, this is. It's so hard to keep these guys working together so well. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think I'd make Batman almost more like Guy Gardner. Not quite to that extreme, mm-hmm. but sort of like he looks down on everybody. He just sort of wants to handle everything himself. Okay, yeah. He doesn't want to work with anyone, um, and it irritates everybody. I was going to make Green um, Lantern,
1: like the Flash, like cocky and confident, like fighter jet test pilot, like Tom Cruise yeah. in Top Gun, basically. But that would bump with the Flash's personality.
0: Yeah, I mean, The Flash is still Wally West in this era. Like, I'm not making him Barry Allen. I'm giving you the Justice League that would exist then, I guess. So I think Wally's like the kid of the group. He's just become The Flash. And then you could have Hal Jordan be like the guy who just loves it. This is so much fun.
1: Yeah. What do we do with Wonder Woman? Which which side of Wonder Uh, Woman do we bring up? Like, she could be, you know... The Captain America, like world weary, who's been around for generations, mm-hmm. and is like, "What are these kids doing?"
0: Uh, th- also, at this time, she's just re—we're rela- just coming out of um, crisis, so she's just sort of been reborn in a way, right? She's just off Paradise Island. I mean, she could be, you could make her just sort of confused by everything. Well, she could be like the the movie Wonder
1: Woman, where she's like an Amazonian more than an Earthling. Yes, like fish out of water. Um, why do we have to, why do we have to like get a driver's license? Can't
0: I just park my jet? John, John Jones is more human than her. Yeah. Um, she's just, you know, yeah, she's like just,
1: like she's kind of above her pay grade a little bit. Like, well, why do I have to worry about what we look like? Can't I just go in here and beat the crap out of everybody and take care of it?
0: Yeah. 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 I think that could be fun for her. So a loose cannon in her own way. Um, Aquaman. Um,
1: I know this is different than movie Aquaman. Um, it could be funny to have, like, just a, just a sweetheart, just like a, like a, like, just like a, like, more like Animal Man is this comic, like a nice guy, like, hey, come on, like, just mm-hmm. like a nature boy, like, just sort of.
0: Would that conflict with Superman being sort of the Boy Scout?
1: Yeah, it might, it might.
0: Because uh, Superman's probably veering a little bit into Captain Marvel territory in this version, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. Cause my first thought too was like that Aquaman is just sort of like, I'm happy to be here. That might be a little cliche. Um, uh, I, I like Aquaman. Okay. What character. about Aquaman? What powerful. if we
1: go Captain Nemo from League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, you know, like war on Britain, like war on humans. So he's,
0: he's, he's like Batman, like Submariner, and, like you're lucky. Yes. I don't just like rise up. That can be fun. You could even see like Batman being like, this is the only guy who gets it.
1: Yeah. And we're like, no, he doesn't get it.
0: He wants to declare war on everyone.
1: He wants to declare war on the humans, like on behalf of Atlantis.
0: Uh, is that all seven? I think that's seven. Do we have
1: Hawkman or anybody or Green Arrow or something? No.
0: Uh, Green Arrow is, I think, the eighth. Superman.
1: Okay. I guess so.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Green Lantern. Aquaman. Uh, Aquaman and Martian Manhunter. That's seven. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I think it could still be a really funny comic. It would just have to be done with. The, uh, the allowance to be silly. Yeah. I'm reading um, Jimmy Olsen, uh, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, the current series mm-hmm. that Matt Fraction is doing with Steve Lieber. Okay. Uh, or Steve Lieber, maybe. I'm not sure how it's pronounced. Uh, he, Steve's an amazingly good artist, uh, and Matt Fraction is a very talented writer. It's a very funny comic. It's very bonkers. but Superman is in it, and Superman is sort of funny in it.
1: Okay, that's cool. And
0: Batman shows up, and Batman is funny in it. Matt Fraction is so Um, funny.
1: Like that's, that's a, yeah, no surprise.
0: And it clearly doesn't feel like, Oh, this is what Batman and Superman like in any of the other books, but it also doesn't feel awful that they're acting silly in this one comic. Like Jimmy Olsen brings it out of them somehow. There's like a sequence where Batman like snaps to Jimmy Olsen and swings away. And Jimmy Olsen just starts to say, he's such an ass!" And like, before you get the word out, like the word balloon is covering up the swear. Okay. Yeah. And Superman's just going, I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like Superman is embarrassed by his friend. Yeah. Uh, and that's very funny to me. Superman yeah. just being like, "Ugh, I know. Yeah. He's the worst. I have a question for you. Uh, we're I,
1: already going long, but I want to ask you something. Sure. Last episode, we named a bunch of artists that we like. We we're supposed to do like our top five. And then when we got to artists, we just started naming a bunch of artists. Mm -hmm. let's do that for writers just list a bunch of great writers top 50 famous favorite comic
0: book (laughs) top 50 great we don't have to hit that number but just like right we we can go over if we need to yeah
1: um like who are just the greatest if you just had to pick your favorite comic book writers
0: i mean some of these guys are jerks like alan moore but you got to put alan moore on the list we did that last time um, Kurt Busick and Peter David were on my list last time. I think they remain on my uh, mm-hmm. near the top of my list. Yeah, Neil Gaiman's um, gonna go on mine. Neil Gaiman, of course. Christopher Priest, uh, I think, deserves to be on there. Yeah, Chris Claremont. Says, How about Chris Claremont? Sure. I mean, uh, the only thing, I mean, X Men is so good. Everything else he could have done would could be bad.
1: Yeah, but he and crushed it with crushed it with X Men.
0: Uh, I weirdly don't put Stan Lee on the list because I don't think of him as a writer.
1: Yeah. Best editor of all time though, right?
0: Think of him. Yeah. I mean, he's he's something else. Yeah. I mean, to me, me, he's one of the all time
1: great comic book editors. Like he is the architect of not a comic book, but of Marvel comics.
0: Yeah. He's a comic creator, not necessarily in the sense of creating characters, which he did have a hand in, but like he created the Marvel universe and he like massaged everything to make it all work. I mean, uh, so like
1: he's something.
0: Um, yeah, but, uh, best writer. It almost feels like he doesn't, he doesn't deserve to be on that just cause it's, it, he's a different thing.
1: The entity um, of Lee Ditko, I would say is one of my favorite writers, whatever that is. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So maybe that's just Steve Ditko, but whatever they did together, I would, uh, I would and Lee
0: happy Kirby.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, would also count. Um, but who else? Um, I think Mike Carey is really good. I mean, Dan Klaus is um, one of my favorite writers. Yeah, Mike Carey, for sure. Mm-hmm. I love all the things he's done. Ed Brubaker, uh, no question. Uh, Kelly Thompson's new, but I think she's so, so good.
1: How about somebody, how about like Andy Watson? She's somebody like you sort of turned me on to with Skeleton Key.
0: Yeah, Andy Watson's great. I just bought a, a new book. He did Carrie and the Night of the Forest. It's like an all ages. He does mostly all ages stuff now. How about uh, his, his art is simplified a lot. Bone, He's what's so
1: cool. Bone's guy's name?
0: Jeff Smith. Yeah. He's a hack. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> Jeff Smith is uh, tremendous. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Matt Fraction's fun. It it almost seems unfair when it's a writer artist. I mean, Frank Miller deserves to be there prior to Sin City. Uh, Pre Sin City, Frank Miller deserves to be on
1: there. Even the first arc of Sin City is pretty great, I think.
0: Yeah, but if I'm going to draw a line, that's the easy place to put it. Yeah. Um, Because he goes, he's nuts now.
1: Uh, Yeah. But his his body of work is pretty incredible.
0: I mean, John Byrne, uh, at least Fantastic Four, John Byrne. Yeah. Or Marvel, I, John Byrne at that era, like Avengers West Coast I, gobble, all that stuff. I
1: gobbled, I Alpha Flight I loved. I gobbled all that John Byrne stuff.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I like the Superman oh, stuff um, too, but clearly after that he. Walt Simonson. Walt Simonson is so good and still so good. Yeah. I think Gary Conway deserves to be on the list. Of course. Uh, his stuff is still pretty good. Like, it's weird. Like, he still does stuff for Marvel and, uh, and he's, I mean, he's been around since forever. Yeah. And every, and I'll read it every now and then when it's about creators I like. And I'm like, yeah, it's going to be old fashioned because yeah. like this is the guy who followed Stan. Right. Yeah. Right. He killed Gwen um, Stacy. Yeah. So it's just like oh, this guy can't write modern comics. And I read it. I'm like, this reads like a modern comic. Yeah. I don't know, it reads fine. This guy hasn't really lost a step. Um, um, some people are just good
1: storytellers.
0: Yeah. How
1: about uh, uh, how about um, your cane dude? Paul Grist. Paul
0: Grist. Yeah did he do I, Daily I do Bugle? Bit. He did. Daily Bugle, three-issue miniseries. And you love that? Loved that? Uh, I love that series. It was a great Jonah showcase, too. Um,
1: who else do who we love? Do we love Smith, Todd McFarlane as a writer? I mean, he created some great no. comics.
0: No, Todd McFarlane's is not a good writer. Okay, but... Um, he's this, he's a great a, a visual dynamo, I guess. How about Len Wein? I, I, I mean, I personally can't get through Spawn. How about, uh, so.
1: it was a good idea for a character. How about Len Wein?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, what has he done other than the new X-Men, Swamp Thing, <laughs> uh, a long run on Hulk? You know what I realized? We did a big episode in Watchmen, and Len was the editor of
1: Watchmen. And even though, obviously, Alan Moore is the mastermind of Watchmen and deserves the lion's share of that, I wonder what Len did as an editor. Like, he at least had the brains to let Alan do his thing, right? And I wonder, Means, I wonder what decisions yeah. he made behind the scenes. If, you know...
0: Yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, I wonder if Alan was 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 a complete pain
1: in the ass, D.Va, and Len, uh, this might not be true, maybe Len, he had respect for Len, and Len was able to help deliver Watchmen. I don't know. It's it's
0: not like Alan Moore came in and said, I need this to be a 12-issue, maxi-series, glossy covers, like, uh, that thing didn't exist at that point, so Alan probably doesn't ask for it. So that probably comes from Len, or at least somebody in the D.C. leadership. Yeah. To say like let's sell this as something special because it's gonna be.
1: Somebody made the right call on that.
0: They knew what they had. Um, um, you know, I mean, I honestly think Keith Giffen's great though. I think he's definitely not as good as he was. His stuff was so good for so long. I mean, he the last great thing he did was probably the Guardians of the Galaxy, which is huge. <laughs> which <laughs> you know yeah. so that
1: which uh, which got out of the got out of the gate like gangbusters. That's a. Uh, mm-hmm an extraordinary machine right there.
0: Um, I mean, I really like Dan Slott a lot. It's tough to put him on top 50 in a weird way, but, uh, sometimes these guys can argue make that
1: so many great things. You almost start to, un, you get so used to them being around. You might underestimate them a little bit.
0: I mean, Chip Zarsky probably uh, has only been, I mean, he's only been, it feels like he's only been writing comics for a hot minute, but everything he's done has been good. We said Jerry
1: Duggan uh, last the time. The show. Like,
0: Yeah, Jerry Duggan is really good. He's also relatively new-ish. In the pantheon Um, of comics, yeah. Yeah, I'm just trying to think like, my favorite comics. There are some people Um, when they
1: write comics, I'm like, I got to get it. And, like, Neil Gaiman, Alan Moore, those people, like, I don't always mm -hmm. get everything, but I'm always like, maybe I should, I bet you that's good.
0: I mean, you got to think, like, your your Los Bros Hernandez brothers. Oh, yeah, for me. During the, the lion's share of their era, they were telling great stories.
1: I mean, yeah. But Heartbreak Soup is one of the all-time great comic book stories. I will not hear an argument otherwise.
0: And Chris Ware in that same sense. Yeah, Chris it, Ware. It, it almost feels like we should remove artist writers from both lists and make our, their own list because it's just not fair.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can do more when you can do both.
0: When you're so good that you can do both things. Like a Jeff Smith or a Chris Ware is just playing on a different level than Peter David. Yeah, the, doesn't people, have control the people who can write a,
1: write a story and they can't draw, but it's still good because they wrote it. That is something.
0: And same thing for someone who can draw but can't write it. It's like, oh, you elevated this book without being able to write it, but uh, you could write it. Yeah.
1: Okay, well, I don't know. I just thought it'd be fun just to list a bunch of great writers. I don't know. We,
0: it's hard to... We sort of didn't do that last time and it didn't feel fair to do it for artists, not writers.
1: It's hard to just like think off the top of your head of everybody. I'm sure we're going to hang up and be like, whoops, this person.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, there's so many great... Uh I mean James Damatis we didn't mention.
1: How about Del Close? Yeah, so we comics.
0: Comic. Yeah, but they weren't great. <laughs> still <laughs> right? still fun that he did it. Um Yeah. I mean Stan Sakai's Isagi Dojimbo, which I'm reading a volume of right now. Uh Grew, I always love everything Grew, so Mark Evener and Sergio Ragnos, Yeah uh, are both they tell great stories. I, I love old I mean, Bill Mantlo
1: Batman stories. That just, just happened to be when I was reading a lot of Batman, but I love those Bill I mean, Man I love Lo the stories. Bill
0: Mantlo Spider-Man stories. At least I remember loving them. I'm rereading them now. We'll see what I think when I get to them. But from like the issue 100 era was of Spectacular Doug Spider-Man. Doug Monek
1: was a guy who was writing a lot of stories when I was reading that stuff.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, David Michelin, Spider-Man writer, invented Venom. That's something.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's one of the all-time great villains
0: you know, one of the last great new villains in a way. Yeah. Like there hasn't, uh, to make one that like
1: enters the pantheon.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't
1: th- you don't name the great Spider-Man villains without naming Venom.
0: Right. They're basically all of uh, Ditko. You talk about it a lot. Venom. I talk about it a lot, but I watch, um, this, uh, uh, spectacular Spider-Man cartoon with my son over and over and over again. Cause he loves it. And it's almost all, it's all the Ditko characters, including like Molten man and some of the, uh, not, great ones and then it's like rhino shocker and venom and that's it wasn't shocker Ditko? was it shocker dick i don't think oh, i think it was just after okay um oh i'm thinking I mean, of molten man
1: i'm thinking of molten
0: man molten man was Ditko, uh and he is in this cartoon uh, and it's just like well why would you do Molten bill Man? Dagger, right? Bill Mantlo did cloak and
1: dagger right
0: bill mantlow did cloak and dagger i
1: really love cloak and dagger and i love the freeform adaptation of cloak and dagger by the way
0: uh, uh, that'll be part of my reread when I get to it. Uh, that's that overlaps with Roger Stern's run. So I will yeah. read some of uh, that.
1: I love the cloak and dagger stories. Okay. Um, well, I think we did our, do, I mean, I mean, Len Wein also did
0: uh Punisher. Len Wein did Punisher. I think so. I think he invented, no, Gary Conway did Punisher. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's, I mean, uh,
1: that's, this guy is pretty great.
0: Yeah. Cause he's sort of come out now and he's sort of like, Oh, I hate how Punisher is being used by police officers. Like,
1: yeah, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: That's not the Punisher I created. Um I mean the yeah. Uh Punisher's a weird character too. Because he's become a hero, so like all the heroes just work with him, but he like shoots people. Yeah. <laughs> Never fully makes sense.
1: Um Okay, well I don't know. I thought it'd be fun to list a bunch of writers that we liked.
0: Just uh, but it wasn't. That's too and bad. We, I
1: blew it. I blew it. Next time we'll do Inkers.
0: Uh <laughs> Joe Sinnet. <laughs> uh and we're done. I mean, I also think Alan Davis uh, writes good comics when he writes his own stuff. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, hey, if you want to email us, oh yeah, uh, email
1: us "screw it, Spidey" <laughs> to, at to g- stop
0: g- us from doing what we just did. This is the way to do it. Yeah, Send ex- us so many emails, we don't have time.
1: Uh, Screw it, Spidey at Gmail. Uh, also, our Instagram is Screw It Comics, which is really fun to check out. We have a Twitter Screw It Comics. Uh, Kevin has a Kevin does those Instagrams and the. There's also Screw It Recent to see what Kevin is reading, although right now he's reading so many Spidey comics, that's all on Screw It Spidey.
0: Yeah, it's a whole family of Screw It Instagram. Uh,
1: yeah, but it's email us at screw it Spidey at gmail to tell us your comic thoughts. We'd love to love
0: to hear it, please. Yeah, and uh, tell we're going to be about doing Batman Year
1: we One. On. We probably just totally missed like, some amazing people that were just dumb that we didn't include. Um,
0: yeah, but also we're going to be talking about, by the time this episode airs, we'll be recording Batman Year One, so if you got stuff you want to talk about with Batman Year One... Email that in or Sandman if you want to get ahead of the curve on that, you can email that in we'll hold it till we get into that season. Yeah um, yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening guys. All right, bye bye comics. This is Patrick. And this is Mark, co-host of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we're your home for all things Nintendo. On Tuesday, we're talking about the latest Nintendo news. And on Thursday, we're doing deep dives into specific corners of the Nintendo universe. Ranking the Koopa Kids. Determining who the best Smash Fighter is. That's Nintendo Cartridge Society on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Campfire.